right. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Mledsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Oh, amen. Guys, if you want to find us on the internet, we are at trustthejourney.today. If you want to join the Trust the Journey family where we expand the conversation beyond the podcast, please join us there as well. Scroll down on the website to the Patreon button, donate at any amount, and we will add you to the private Facebook group. Right on, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Here we go. All right, guys. So in this episode, we're going to talk about loneliness. Loneliness as an experience that seems pretty rampant these days, it, you know, with the advent of digital connectedness, the decrease of sort of impersonal human connection, the perceptible loss of skills in this area of connection, healing, etc. So today we're going to do a deeper dive looking at this experience of loneliness, our experience with it uniquely, and things that have helped us grow and move through that and still do if and when we experience this. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, I oh, think yay. What, what's so funny about this type of topic is that I think that's exactly why people don't talk about it. Is there's a yeah. feeling of shame, a feeling of failure, a feeling of, you know, self-judgment. If, if and when we do feel lonely, like, oh, what's wrong with me that I don't feel connected to other people or what am I doing wrong or, or whatever – and so I, I'm glad we're going to talk about this just, in, just at the very minimum if anyone listening feels validated that we've ever experienced loneliness. You know what I mean? Mm. So that alone I think is worthwhile for this topic to be on our docket. You know, uh, as soon as we start thinking about the topic, I go to two different places, you know, because my life, I've spent a lot of time alone and I enjoy it. You know, I like being alone and I really, really look forward to having my space and my quiet and just time without, you know, interaction and other people distracting and, you know, just having to be present for others. And that's such a valuable thing. And one of my favorites, I mean, it comes to mind is like road tripping. You know, driving cross country by myself, I'm like, yes, all day long, Six, <laughs> 16 hours of driving and nobody to talk to and I couldn't be happier, you know. And then at the same time, there's this polar opposite where at some moments you just just could use a friend, somebody to sit next to, somebody to talk to, just conversation, just engagement, connection, some t just anything at all to break the like the silence, the monotony, you know, the, that ongoing, definite, the deafening silence yeah, that it can be yeah. when you're alone sometimes, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think what you're pointing to immediately is the nature of everyone's different. We need a certain level of connection time, a certain level of alone time, a balance of that, the introvert, extrovert conversation. But I, I mean, I don't even, I'm not even that well versed, honestly, on talking about introversion and extroversion and ambivert and all of the things that people have for terms of that it's 
because I would imagine that even introverted people need connection, you know, and want connection. So it's not just about like, oh, I want to be alone all the time. It's more, I feel like what amount of alone time actually serves my soul. It's interesting because I shared about this on the last, on last the last episode, I shared about that experience where I was feeling loneliness and I did that whole thing of on the road in Vermont and I hugged myself and I had this real experience with self-love, which was relative for me in that instance to ex- like a really painful experience of loneliness. So I I like that we're going to be expanding on that because I feel like it points to that there is something to be gained and learned and earned in terms of skill building inside only the experience of loneliness where we embrace the time alone even when we don't feel like we want that aloneness. Does that make sense? For sure. Like, And I I want to invite people into that possibility from the get-go because for me, as we've talked about many times, and I've shared many times how I'm deeply called to connection. You know, I really love people. I love my people. I mean, my whole career points to my love of people and connecting and being of service and yada, 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 but being connected and engaged with other human beings. So I really, really needed to learn and lean into that skill building. I didn't have that much of a skill set in the realm of like caring for my own feelings of loneliness when I had them. Does that make sense? Like I needed to basically start to understand and learn how to take care of myself in those instances versus taking a hit off the connection crack pipe as it were. Totally get that. I mean, it's so easy to default to interaction and rather than dealing with our own emotions or thoughts or feelings, right? Like it's, I think that is the general default that most people have is that if we engage, you know, others, then we're, we've got something to put our mind on, something to put our focus on. There's a conversation to be had that's not a conversation with ourself. You know, it's a conversation that's external to ourselves and we're able to have that as some kind of a distraction or some kind of an external focus point. Yeah, I think it's a balance of choice, you know, because sometimes connection is exactly the, quote, right antidote for the experience. And that's the self-loving move or that's the healthy move. And then other times the healthy move is to lean into something purposeful. What am I being productive around that feels like I'm being a contribution to the world or what I, or I'm being productive to something that is important to me? You know, something that I can, an action that I can take to create a salve, an emotional salve uh, of some form to this pain point that's clearly needs healing inside of us well you know we're hardwired for connection whether we're introvert or extrovert is irrelevant to the fact that as human beings 
we don't do well in isolation. One of the reasons why prison, you know, that is is isolation and like the extreme of prison is the isolation cell is because we thrive off of interaction. We are predisposed to being in groups. We're tribal, right? We're family oriented. And even if we're loners or we're introverted or we're like, you know, that's just our nature to be more alone more of the time, we still require a certain amount of interaction in order to maintain a healthy level of self, you know, to keep ourselves kind of our checks and balances of like, you know, not, not to go too cuckoo crazy from just being alone all the time because they're, you know, that the model that we know of history of like the hermit or the the crazy recluse, uh, recluse, mm-hmm. you know, who's like, you know, doesn't have that interaction. Eventually you start talking to yourself for conversation, you know, and there's some level of like, it's necessary there's connection is really good for us and the simple thing of just having a conversation just talking and sharing it's so valuable it's so healthy and it's so good so i think the line for each of us is like the how much and how often you know and like when are the times where we do better with connection and when are the times where we do better you know on our own and there's of course there's the skew either way right like so there's some of us who default to being connected all the time and always want to have people around are never by ourselves and can't handle it for a second and then there's those of us on the other end of the spectrum that might go to be alone all the time and can't stand having people around and default to never having anybody there and so there's this like but each of those has like a some like healthy thirds mark kind of thing right where you know, maybe two thirds your time with people, one third alone, or two thirds your time alone, one third with people, and that's going to provide that you know kind of natural cadence of what's going to offer you know any of us a particular amount of you know Goldilocks's bowl bowl of porridge where it's just right, you know. <laughs> that's such a great metaphor. Oh, Goldilocks. And her uh, (laughs) bowl of porridge. (laughs) What a great word, porridge. I don't know. It just struck me as awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. I think also when we are in an experience of loneliness and we're feeling maybe the shame or the judgment around having the feeling at all, that takes me back to the assertion of feelings are not failure. We're in an experience that's guiding us to have new insight and providing opportunity for us to grow, you know. So for even people who are still in that stage around feeling loneliness and their and that self-judgment, I really encourage you to to recognize that it's normal. You know, I want to validate it for anyone listening who's there and and recognize it as the opportunity that it is. What's interesting specifically relative to so this is certainly present in my experience my life experience and my experience with loneliness is that it can be magnified after and during heartbreak so if you're going through a breakup or you're going through a transition loneliness can be even more magnified during that time and so i would encourage people also to watch for that and the brain can really close in when those emotions come up. And so as a result of that, we can start to really go down that spiral 
of I'm fucking it up or I don't know how to deal with this and get out of that mindset of this is actually an opportunity for me, even though it feels like total shit, right? Like the feeling doesn't, it's not that just because we recognize it as an opportunity that the feeling doesn't feel terrible. It still feels pretty fucking terrible in my experience. And at the same time, mindset wise, we can still recognize it as an opportunity and lean into it as a skill building experience. So that's something I definitely did with intention for a long, long time because loneliness was something I really had to work with and work through. Do you feel like there's a preconditioned relationship kind of like it, it depends on how much connectivity where we've been used to having, you know, in our lives, well, you know, whether we grew up with a certain level in our childhood or in our adolescence or your youth or whatever, where, you know, we have a certain amount of connectivity and we kind of default to that being what we're familiar with. And so, you know, relative to what you're saying with regards to relation post relationship, that, you know, if we have a preconditioned amount of connection that is on par for our regular, then if that is now different, now we feel like there's a hole, like there's there's a space that needs to be filled somehow. And oftentimes, you know, people will reach for any kind of a, a cessation to to fill that space because, you know, having an empty space in ourselves, just it's a scary kind of feeling, right? Like, oh, I'm used to having something in here that provides me a feeling of wholeness or, or wellness, you know, like something that, that makes me feel like I'm, I'm good to go. And this is where that kind of concept of like, you know, oh, my other half, you know, inside of a relationship, like somebody completing you. Mm -hmm. That's a very challenging concept for me to be okay with because of that nature of like saying that you're half in the first place versus you're whole and two holes make, you know, still two holes rather than two <laughs> yeah. halves making a whole, you know? Yes. So the concept of being less than whole in that sense is it's a, this emotional construct that we've created for with ourselves. Maybe the idea is you come from a, you know, maybe it's not a, a, like a relationship, um, say a romantic relationship, but maybe we just come from a bigger family and we're off on our own to be go live our lives and no longer in the house with the family and siblings and that. And now out on your own, find ourselves in a very different state of, of you know, regular connectedness on, on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's this it's the same thing, right? Like mm -hmm. how often do you how often how, with what regularity and with what intensity is the connection that you're sharing with other people and then how much room does that leave for us as individuals to also process our own thoughts and be with our own space and just be inside of ourselves. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I definitely echo that for sure, especially when it comes to love relationship, the whole half half makes the whole thing I definitely personally don't buy into that at all. Uh, I think that is actually probably part of why things don't work when people bring that type of mindset to a, to a relationship. And again, it doesn't have to be a love relationship. It could be any relationship, you know, that we are whole and when we come together, we are greater than the sum of our parts. I tend to land there when it comes to any relationship. And again, taking sort of the responsibility also, you know, and that's, I think, a uh, useful piece of this conversation too is that and this is something again i can i can share from my own experience with this working through this feeling and healing this sort of void in my own self 
is really resisting. I had such comical resistance to it at, at you know, sort of the beginning and the more painful parts of this, where I was like, WTF, we're wired for connection. WTF, what? I'm not supposed to. And, I, you know, I think I shared this the other day, but that invites us and called me to personal responsibility around my own feelings. Like, I'm responsible for my own feelings. We are responsible for our own feelings. We are responsible for how we respond to situations and the relationships that we choose and the people we choose to have around us, you know? So it's it's a complex web that that can get really confusing and challenging because as we grow, you know, it's the choices that we formerly made relative to that type of stuff might no longer be a fit. And so we have to take responsibility for the choices we made in our less conscious states. And if we need to make choices to move forward from things so as to feel that we are in a healthier zone, then that's our responsibility to do that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, if whatever circumstance we come from is whatever circumstance we come from. There's nothing you can do to alter who we have been, what our past state is, but we definitely have the conscious choice in this moment to choose who we are now and what we want to have in our life today. So and being respectful to understand that we are mostly made up of our memories or our expectations, you know, the reflection between those is worthy of of respect right yeah one thing that i think is also really powerful in this in this conversation on loneliness in particular is the experience that i have heard many times in meme land and this and that is the idea that we can feel just as lonely in relationship as we feel without relationship, and I mean all kinds of relationship. What I'm pointing to with that is the idea that if we are not being authentic and true to ourselves and sharing ourselves truly and deeply, not to say that everyone deserves that or there's safety in all relationships to share at that level, so take that with a grain of salt, but in trusted relationships, in those relationships that we do choose to have close to us, we can still feel really lonely if we don't have the skills and the courage and lean into the bravery of truly being seen. Like I can think about, you know, just my best friends, how I'm like, wow, I feel really and truly and deeply seen and loved as a result of that. So like that connection is such a powerful antidote to loneliness and my two best friends don't live anywhere near me you know what i mean mine neither yeah hmm. you know I, what i've been kind of dwelling on in my mind is the um there's a certain choice that we have within ourselves to you know recognize that there's always the there's this it's easy to default to oh i just feel lonely and and just kind of dwell in this feeling of you know or or or, or even fill up or make this feeling larger of just you know going into the feeling of loneliness rather than maybe just 
you know, something I've experienced myself is like, okay, I kind of feel like I would like some conversation right now, or I'd like some connection. I could do well with, you know, sharing some connection with somebody, but maybe that's just not something that's going to happen in that moment. And so if it's not going to happen because of whatever circumstance, going further down the rabbit hole of, oh, woe's me, you know, and becoming more and more lonely with rabbit ears of like, you know, oh, I'm so lonely. Ronry, so Ronry. You know, <laughs> if we go down this path, then, I mean, we're just digging our own hole. You know, it's like this concept or, or, or I've had this same moment happen to me even recently where I've been like, okay. You know, I'd like to talk to a friend right now. I'd like to hang out with somebody. There's nobody available right now. Give it five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like just give it a few minutes and it'll pass. Some time will pass and then that'll go away, you know. And it's just it's just like any other emotion of like, you know, give it a few moments. And if as long as we don't keep our attention on it and, and that be the only thing that we're putting our focus on, then next thing you know, there's something other something else to think about. Yeah, I love go. that you're pointing to that. That's a piece of the skill building, no question about it, is the mindset work, is recognizing what you are thinking if you have a fear thought around disconnection. Because again, I can point to that easily in my experience, the fear of being alone. So like, I, you know, whatever that statement might be relative to whatever painful experience you've had in your life experience, recognize if your brain in a blind spot goes to, I'm going to be alone forever, or I'm always alone, or I'll never figure this out, or whatever, whatever fear thought it is, we like really got to watch for that. Because those are the, that's like the fucking fire under the, the pain that magnifies it. So do, I just have to say, yeah, that. go I ahead. Yeah, you know, that's like it. the little grandma that just, you know, that just insists, I'm just going to be alone forever, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. just holding on to this idea. Like, this is just what I want. I want to be. It's you nonsense. Know? I, it's, it's totally made it's up. So shit, made know? up. It's, you know, like yeah. any fear, you know, in this realm, that tends to be what it sounds like, uh, you know, but like that work is important, I think, because if we let those fear thoughts remain in our blind spots, if we're not acknowledging of what our brain is really telling us, and I invite people to look at that and see what I statement they have coming out. And I, I mean an I statement, meaning like, what are they saying about themselves? I am alone or I am going to be alone forever. Like those are just common sentences that I hear with client work and stuff like that, you you really want to find the sentence that your brain is saying because that is a basically powerful way for us to address whatever that fear is. So we can really do good work and more specific focused work for you to diffuse that thought, to reframe that thought, to collect evidence, to disprove that thought. So there's lots of things we can do, but if we don't see what we're actually thinking and fearing it's it's more difficult usually for people totally you know the other behavior that i think we can default to very easily is going to like an emotional support system that's external to ourselves mm -hmm. so like the emotional support dog kind of scenario yep. right i was reading some article this morning about it and and somebody was just saying this is out of hand 
you know, emotional support animals of like, and really it's this same kind of thing where it's like, instead of just, you know, taking a minute inside of ourselves and going, you know, oh, okay, I'm just feeling alone for a minute here. It'll pass. You know, it's immediate, this kind of reach out to like find some other source of love. And that that's really what it comes down to, right? Is like, how do I love myself? Oh, I'm not doing a great job of loving myself right now. Let me find an external source of loving myself. And now I don't have to love myself. This other, this animal or whatever will provide me that love. And so there's this weird uh, dichotomy in that, in that, that, yeah, this is a beautiful thing, right? I mean, the fact that animals are just so freaking amazing about how they'll just love us versus people, you know, have a lot more needs, you know, animals needs are pretty simple for their return on love, at least dogs, you know, cats <laughs> kind of just don't give a shit. Whatever, Melanie, I'm tired Mattel of loves crap. me for sure. Yeah. Oh, God, we could do a whole episode on Matil. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like the, the easy default towards an external source of quieting that internal need you know, yep. versus like, oh, can I provide this internal need for myself? Can I actually do what I need right now in this moment? So, you know, in this moment, am I in need of some connection? Am I in need of some self-love? I need to do something. I'm feeling a little lonely. Okay, we'll do something for myself. You know, um, you know, what's an easy one that most of us might reach for to? I'll eat something, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm feeling a little lonely. Munch, 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 yep. munch. Right. Oh, oh, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I'm like, I'll, I'm sitting there and I'm like, eh, what am I going to do? Feel alone. We need some food. Yeah. Right. And it's either something like that or it's have a drink or it's, you know, reach for the puppy or like some kind of some kind of way of like, you know, feeling this. And it's funny that the conversation kind of comes back around for me to our last episode in the self-love context of like, well, what am I really doing right now? Am I loving myself by eating another, you know, tub of ice cream? Or am I loving myself by just coddling the dog? Or would I love myself if, more if I went for a walk, Yep. you know, to like get some space and move around and clear my thoughts kind of thing, you know, change up the energy, the literal scene of energy within myself right now. Yeah, it definitely comes back to last last episode for me too, in the sense that I think at its core, loneliness has us disconnected from our spiritual understanding that we are all connected. You know, it goes absolutely to the core of we are one. We are one love. We are connected. To me, it's just a disconnection from that spiritual knowing. And I think that for me, I've found a way to that spiritual knowing through courageous acts of self-love and willingness to try things it, that I would not, not have normally done in my mindset and my consciousness that before that, right? The, the level of consciousness that I had when I was experiencing this really painful extended loneliness, it was basically my experience to go, okay, cool. You go, girl, you ready to elevate your consciousness and really start to look at this idea that you have in your brain that there is a thing as dis such as disconnection. You know, so like for me, and listen, am I every day fully connected to this spiritual fucking aha, whatever, that we're all connected? I would say absolutely not. I am not. Do I have access to that based on work that I've done in the spiritual realm to really deeply 
try to learn and heal such that I can access that that deeper knowing of connectedness that undeniably serves me and has supported me to feel so much less loneliness in my life, whether I'm alone or whether I'm in a transition or whether I'm whatever. I, I mean, that I can't not can't not acknowledge that it's huge for me in this healing process. I think you hit the nail right on the head. You know, when I think about it and I start to like just dig in on that, what you were talking about right there is the concept of disconnection is never disconnection with anybody external to ourselves, right? It's only disconnection with our higher selves, with our all knowing it's all good. We love everything. Everything loves us. Everything's for us. You know, we're mm -hmm. eternally connected souls that, you know, will always have eternal connection and that concept of being disconnected is more of a little little bit of a lie that we tell ourselves in the ego sense Agreed. right in the ego mind it's the ego talking oh you're alone right now you need this you need i need this and it's very i centric like you were saying right and it's no longer that context of we and in some ways it's a bit of a like I hear it as a bit of a sob story, right? It's kind of a, a, a sad little story that we tell ourselves in order to allow ourselves to feel bad about ourselves. And, and yep. it's it's pretty pretty pathetic, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And we've all done it. I yes. mean, I sit there, you know, and be like, well, I'm going to put my hand on friends right now. So maybe, you know, fuck. You know, somebody fill up my lonely hole, you know, <laughs> loneliness, you know, what the hell? You know, this crap uh, that we sing. I can only yeah. laugh because I've been there, team. So for those of you yeah, of listening and hearing us laugh, I, re I remember being in times when I really couldn't laugh, you know, at this at all. And the I was not at the point where, like, this was even ever in my mind's eye as a potentiality to be comedy. And if you know me at all, you know I believe deeply life is comedy. So to feel, to have gone through an experience where I'm like, this is not fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's when it's the funniest, right? Like, you know, yeah. like, I mean, reality, we've all been in that side of the coin when we look at somebody super serious about something and you're being, you're like, you're being awfully serious right now, totally. you know, like actually everything's fine. And that whole serious <laughs> note is just happening inside of our cranium, you know, <laughs> if we were to go inside of our heart, we wouldn't find that, but because we get inside of our head, it's all there, right? <laughs> yeah. I spent years there. I spent oh. years there. In my later 20s, there was this period where I had like a few years where I was just like, oh man, fuck it. find somebody. Find <laughs> somebody, you know, like just looking and looking and looking, looking for an external affirmation of self, you know? Man. Yeah. And I think it, when we talk about all of this stuff and I, I frame it as skills all the time because... I believe deeply that everybody has access to these things, that it's not just because Jay is really skilled or Mel is really fucking naturally positive. I do not believe that at all. I think that it is all accessible if people are willing to do the work around this stuff. So we talk about mindset, we talk about illuminating our blind spots, we talk about engaging with purposeful things as a choice consciously when we're feeling feeling badly. Those are sort of, I think, the skills in the realm that get us to a point where we then can start to even open up the possibility for this deeper spiritual stuff. So 
consider I would say consider it all accessible potential skills for us all to learn and grow into. So Jay, you've mentioned in the past a lot about your connection with nature. And so however we ex experience or access or lean into quote unquote spiritual, whatever that means to a person. So I don't even want to, you know, obviously I use that word a lot because it's it resonates with me. It feels uh, accurate to me in that zone. Spiritual? Yeah, spiritual. I mean, we know. all have a spirit, right? We all have a soul, you know, our our spirit. So we got we got to be able to say spirit without it being like a context of religion or anything like that. Yeah, either. yeah, totally. So anyway, I, the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm I'm more wanting to open the space of we all can lean into these skills. You can learn these skills too. You know, you can take a walk in nature. You can join a group that talks more deeply or, talk, you know, as a Brene Brown group. You can do and think about something that might be an art project. We talked about art recently on the show and how healing that can be for us to be in creativity. You know, so it, it just depends. So there's a lot of things we can do. And with that, so I want to express the possibility and the availability of that for all of us. And with that, I also want to express the patience in this process that I definitely wanted it to be over soon, like right away. Like, why am I still feeling this way, right? And I hear that a ton from clients who are working through emotional uh, challenging times that involve loneliness is that they always want it over sooner. And I can, again, echo that. And so the practice of patience while taking these conscious steps to skill building and self-love and healing, it's all a, a big kind of collection of effort throughout this process. What would you say to that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I, com I completely agree. And you, what you were making me think of of having the skill set is having like a known list of places to go within ourselves of what do I reach for as a positive ra rather than a negative when I find myself in this feeling of disconnection. Well, there's first of all the realization that the feeling that we perceive as possible loneliness maybe is not loneliness. Maybe it's simply a need to connect with ourselves in, in a sense of, like you say, on the spiritual side of things. And so, you know, I think for a minute there, I'm, I'm talking about myself right now. Okay. So straight up, I'm sitting on the couch, I'm lonely, I'm bored. I'm kind of reaching for something. I don't know what I'm reaching for. I'm just wanting some type of interaction. Right. And well, what is this? This is my personal disconnection with my higher self. If I were to sit up and take a minute and meditate for a few minutes, then I would make a conscious step in a direction towards connecting with myself on a spiritual plane. And, I'll, and then what I, I could do this simple ask of myself and I could say, how are you right now, Jay? Are you okay? And I would say, well, I'm fine. You know, actually, I'm great. I'm being conscious and present, present to my own needs and my own state of awareness right now. And that means actually I'm just perfect. I have zero needs. Even though a minute ago I felt like I thought I needed something, what I would realize within a few seconds is that I have no needs. 
that I have all the air and all the water and all the roof over my head that I could ever need and I'm totally fine. And I, I'm actually, I should be super grateful right now that I'm perfect and I have no needs at all, you know? Even if I have pain, even if I have challenges, whatever, I'm grateful for those things. Those things give me awareness of self and awareness of value and all the things that come along. And so that's just one example of a way that, you know, I could move from being in a perceived state of loneliness without defaulting to reaching outside of myself, right? I can just reach inside myself and get something else. And so I'm going to, like, literally I'm making my list for the ways to deal with these things as we're speaking. So another one, okay, I feel the same thing. There's Jay sitting on the couch feeling kind of somebody something, you know, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm just going to move, be, move into a moving meditation of just go for a walk. Yep. Just get my legs moving, get the heart pumping a little bit, just to get a little bit more, and you know, energetic movement and not be stuck per se within a contextual idea. And then a third one that comes to me in this is the creative mind, right? Now, for my whole life, this has been a way that I would default to, and it's not a pers- like, um, necessarily to say oh i'm lonely so i do this but what do i do when i find myself being disconnected i find myself being less present to who i am and what's important to me or what what's going on in my life is moving to a state of creating creating what i want in my life and creating what is curious to me and moving into that creator mindset and and doing some art of some kind working on something that's that's interesting you know whether it's it's reading and learning or whether it's for me one has always been to get my hands on something starting to actually do something with my hands and work on manipulating something creating something making something you know doing art of some type yeah and i know that it only takes a few minutes of moving out of that kind of pretentious state of uh me to like oh yeah me you know and go and just get start getting my hands on something and i immediately forget Mm -hmm. all the things that i was focused on or that had my my attention right Mm -hmm. that pretension is my attention and you know move out of that attention state towards need and moving into a state of I have everything I could ever need. I just need to action and make movement and creation, right? And so it's just simply a polarity. Like you could literally think of it as like shifting the magnetic poles within ourselves to like taking the situation and turning it around the other way and going, okay, I'm going to do something with this feeling. And what am I going to do? I'm going to go and get creative. I'm going to make something. I'm going to paint something. I'm going to build something. I'm going to take something apart. I'm going to figure something out. I'm going to break something, whatever. Have some fun, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, the physicality, the I would be remiss if I did not absolutely echo that getting in physical action is a huge potential salve to this feeling. Uh, The chemical influence of endorphins also really always, every single time helped me. That's the reason I ran the New York Marathon. (laughs) It's because I, for emotional survival in my most challenging periods, really, really needed exercise and endorphins. It was not because I liked running running suddenly. No, that was not the case. I did eventually love running, which was weird, but it was only because it really, truly helped me. Um, But I like that you're talking about and sort of – having us look at this idea of flow. So not just endorphins, but in terms of creating with our hands and physicality, that tends to get us into the real 
pure present moment, which doesn't allow our fear thoughts to have our hold, have hold of us. So that's a, a way we can get sort of reprieve from those fear thoughts. That does not mean that we won't have them come back up if we don't do the work around those fear thoughts to have them not come back up, right? So just recognize which part, which ones of these skills team are ones that give us a reprieve from the feeling and ones that help us actually heal the feeling more deeply. So I look at all of those different things for yourself. Yeah, totally. It's interesting how it's, it's it does seem to be a stuckness. The more that I think about it, the more that I like kind of, as we're talking, I'm taking myself and I'm putting myself in my state of perceived loneliness, like getting inside this emotional feeling of like, when am I sitting there stuck in this concept of loneliness? And while it is a staticness, it's a stuckness, it's this like, I'm not taking, I'm taking no action. I'm freezing myself in this place. And as soon as there's any action at all, that's not the case anymore, right? It's uh, interesting to observe that within myself anyways. I don't know, would you feel the same? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, and this is something, again, we wanna watch everything. And I feel like one of the things that I say and had to second, really- Melanie. What? Just, just hang on for a second. Yeah, just go for check it. your audio because it got really, really loud there for oh. a second. So just look at your audio level on your audio hijack and make sure that it's still recording Weird. a normal Hello. kind of thing. Bueller, yeah. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> is okay. it still good now? Now, now it went back to normal, but it got cool. real loud. So, yeah. Real time assessing of audio team. You're witnessing yeah. it. Hashtag trust the journey. Booyah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, to go back to what you were just sharing about stuckness and the balance of looking at all of these things. So, uh, the, what, one thing that I say a lot and had to reconcile in myself, because I'm, again, as we well know, I'm an intense, I tend to go really intensely into things I care about. <laughs> you intense? What? I had somebody tell me that a while ago, like, oh, you're super intense. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not intense. And then I was like, oh, no, wait a second. You're probably pretty right. <laughs> I'm probably oh, pretty intense. God. I love it. This is why I love working with you. One of only one of the reasons. But anyway, the. The uh, the reason I bring that up is because if we saturate our life with anything, it tends to become a toxic force. So recognize when you, and I say that I'm more talking to, to everyone, to all of us, myself included, is recognizing when we are relying too much on one area, you know? So for example, you talked about this feeling of stuckness and I, my life experience to date is one of I'm very forward thinking. I my brain is I almost always will feel anxiety r versus depression. It's rare that I feel depressed. It's very regular that I will feel anxiety because my brain is very forward focused. Similarly, as a because of that, that connecting to positive possibility in the future also really serves me. So think about it, me as a life coach, that's me basically taking that part of my personality and wielding it for positive good for other people. So we talk about and we connect to positive possibilities that we can then potentially create into. So you talked about, okay, I'm feeling lonely 
and I'm feeling stuck, okay, I connect to a positive possibility and I start creating toward it, that gives us a sense of, oh, cool, I'm not stuck. I'm not here forever. This feeling won't last forever because I'm taking action toward this potential positive outcome, which is great. So if that is always what we do, then that's to be looked at. You know what I mean? If I'm never able to be present and I always need some positive possibility and I can't relax in the present moment and I can't sit here and be with myself, then that's something I need to look at. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you made me you kind of like hit on a note for myself there where I, I, I completely relate to what you're saying about being future-based. I generally do the same thing where I stress about what's, I'm not doing because I know there's so much potential versus worry being worried about what I've done because I can't really do anything to change that. So I'm more about, you know, now, now forward all the time. Yeah, me too. And um, I think there's something to be said with that in that, like the reason why it kind of brought something up for me there for a second was in retaining relevance to our present moment you know like keeping ourselves in a place where even if we know the things that we're doing now are going to be good for us in our future that we're creating and manifesting a, a world for ourselves that we want to live in and it's conscious choices right like that's really what it comes down to is like if we're consciously choosing what we're doing with ourselves now in order to create a version of our lives that we're happy about then that element is a that works well for me that's a positive thing but if we get in our moment now and fail to retain a relationship or an awareness that what we're doing in this instant has this effect on what's going to be what we're doing for ourselves. And we kind of get into the, I can, I can find myself getting into a swirl of now that's maybe not, you know, going anywhere. It's just swirling. Gotcha. You know, and that's, I think that's kind of the pit of loneliness, the yeah. pit of despair, where it's this like downward spiral because it's not going to go anywhere. And I definitely recognize that in myself of, of where I'll just kind of swirl around from. I was heading somewhere with this. I was going somewhere. I had a value, an intention, something that was important to me. And it just kind of came back around. And I'm kind of back to where I started. And nothing's happened. And then I can do it all over again and do it all over again and do it all over again. So I guess I'm just highlighting that just to you know maintain the relationship to you know, through myself and our, and through our listeners that, you know, we, we all have these things where we're kind of, sometimes we're conscious to the, our own feelings and actions. And sometimes we're unconscious to them and they become us or we become them. And the bigger picture here is changing that, you know, like really doing the work to go, wait a second, I'm in an unconscious swirl right now versus a conscious action towards what I really want in my world. Yeah. Right now. That brings us back to, and we haven't talked about this in a long time, but it brings us back to the reflection and conscious choosing of our core values. If we are and have done that work, and that requires consistent reflection as we learn and grow and heal those core values and the priorities uh, at which they fall on our respective lists change over time. And so if we are 
trying to make these conscious choices, but we have not reflected on our values and what really matters to us, we could potentially end up in that swirl, like you said, because we might we might luck out and sort of unconsciously, accidentally choose something that matters to us, you know, deeply. And if we want to more more quote unquote guarantee that the reflection around what does matter to me who do i want to be in this life who do i what is the person i want to be what is the character that i want to have you know those values reflections give us firm emotional ground upon which to step and i mean that because regardless of outcome because as we obviously experience all of us as we grow and live life is so unpredictable and we can't predict outcomes no matter how much we really want to and want to control that and white knuckle outcomes whether it's in relationship or in work or in whatever anything that we want to do or feel like we want to create we know we can't control those outcomes and so if we are always making our choices and i say always but you know what i mean from a human perspective if we are as much as we can consciously choosing from a a decided set of character traits that we want for ourselves then we can always go to sleep at night feeling good about what we did you know even when we're in a in a painful time does that make sense yeah yeah i agree with that for sure I had a thought there and I completely lost what it was. Yeah, one other thing I want to share with the team before I we run out of time is the skill of self-validation, of really being able to validate ourselves for the human experience that we are in and really going circumstantially or experientially in whatever it is that we're going through for whatever reasons we are feeling lonely we can validate that and go, hey, you know what? Because of X, Y, Z, A, B, C, it is normal to feel this. And it's not to say that that is a loophole to not taking conscious action or being responsible and all of the other things that we talked about in terms of healthy actions out of and growing through this feeling, healing deeply. It's just to, to give us that initial release from the self-judgment magnifying glass that can be on our face when we're feeling upset or we're feeling like we're not doing it right, quote unquote, or if we feel like just we're struggling and we quote unquote shouldn't be. We release that judgment and go, you know what? I'm a human in a human experience. This is genuinely normal. The, the concept of should or shouldn't is a pretty self-implied yeah, judgment, expectation. Right? Yeah, expectation like... is a premeditated disappointment. Expectation is a premeditated resentment. Boom, uh, that mm. quote. Ooh, it's harsh, Whoa. but it's oof, on yeah. point. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier about the concept of expectation, right? Like if we live in a place of expectation, you're like, oh, I'm putting this negative context on my future. Totally. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm going to make something bad for myself. <laughs> Watch me, you know. Um, you know, I remember what I was thinking about there. You, you got me... Um, my mind kind of vacated for a second as I was taking all that in. But in the, if we do have that value structure in place, you know, for ourselves that we really say, these are the things that I value in life and this is why, 
if we do find ourselves in this moment of, you know, feeling abstract or feeling less than, feeling disconnected, feeling loneliness, feeling something where we're just, you know, isolation, whatever word we want to pick to, you know, emulate the the vast variety of emotional experiences that could be portrayed as loneliness. If we do have that value set in place and we are able to go, which one of these values would I look to right now to give me a positive appreciation of what I'm experiencing in this moment, then it could always pull us back out of it, you know? So I think about that for myself. I had written them down. I looked at them like, yeah, I've got my values right here. And if I find myself in this mindset of this feeling, this pit of despair of loneliness, and I go, well, which one of these am I going to use as my mirror right now? I could just reach for either one of them and go, yep, that'll immediately change my opinion about what I'm feeling in this instant. Yeah, a hundred percent. If I were to leave the team and all of us with anything on this topic, it would be that it is possible to grow forward from the regular experience of loneliness. So if you are a person that consistently feels lonely and feel like you don't know how to solve it, obviously we've talked about a lot of things that you can potentially try, and with that, it's also understandable that if you haven't done those things yet, you can, yeah, you could trust us, you could try to believe us, you know, and it might also be happening in your mind and heart where you're like, but I, my situation is harder. They don't understand. And, and that's also normal to think. We don't know your situation. It, you know, so I, I really just want to just really acknowledge the, the real pain of this feeling when we are in it and the real, you know, Jay, you said the word despair a, a few times today. And I think that's a really powerful word where this is concerned because it can feel hopeless. It can feel hopeless when we don't know how to solve it. And so I just want to, I'm, I hope that you guys believe me when I share that I've had really painful experiences with this and it felt like I did, I really didn't know how I was going to solve it. And it did take me a long time and it was possible to rise from it and use it in all the positive ways that we've pointed to today. So I just want to invite you into that possibility for yourself. Like if anybody can do it, if we can do it, you can too. Sounds very hokey. But I just feel like it would, I just want to say that to you. So I hope that helps. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that in that everybody has these feelings at some point or another in their lives. There's nobody who gets away clean, who doesn't <laughs> ever like experience these feelings of loneliness or disconnection or, or feeling like it's like, it's just going to continually get worse, right? Like I know what we're touching on here is that, you know, our internal experience might make it feel like we have the worst case of it ever, you know, but reality is, is probably somebody's got it worse than us. Yeah. And everybody has it in some way equal to us. There's every single person in their lives is going to have this same set of emotions, these same set of internal dialogues, these same challenges, and they're going to arise at different times. And, you know, whether or not we choose to talk about them, and that's our call, you know, but the reality is, 
the human experience is universal. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's messy yeah. for everybody. It's messy for all of us. And so as yeah. you do, we, yeah, that's what makes it fun, I guess. The comedy does eventually come, my friends. I assure yes. you. Yes. <laughs> the extremity of life is is not without its comical core. <laughs> Universe is really, really funny at heart, you know, like the basis of I truly I'm on the same page with you. I'd really believe the universe to be just have like this deep, deep sense of humor about everything and irony and everything and contradiction and everything. And it's like the deeper we go down a rabbit hole in any one direction, the funnier it becomes on the other <laughs> side of it, you know, which is why South Park is like the most winningest show ever because the the further something goes into an attachment of an idea that this is this is what it's all about we've got it figured out over here the more you're like you're completely ridiculous from our other perspective you know <laughs> and so we funny. can all think about that in ourselves you know so just to play the same fiddle you know from the other side over here is that you know in that moment where we go, man, this is really fucking hard for me. Let me tell you, stop making fun of me. I'm having a hard time over here. And we go, well, just let's just laugh at ourselves for a yeah. second. Because if we don't, well, if we don't laugh at ourselves, then we really make it real serious. You know, as oh. soon as we laugh at ourselves, we take the serious off it. And then we go, oh, yeah, I'm being super serious right now. The, the, yeah, it, you know? absolutely. Amen. Caught yes. me being serious again. And now I fucked <laughs> it up, you know, so. And I will say this, guys. So as we round out this episode, thinking of support systems and things to do and yada, 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 comedy. Uh, again, if you want to join us in the Trust the Journey family, do it for reals. I, I don't say that as a sales pitch. I say that as an offer, you know? So the Patreon thing, again, is just like to have people, quote, buy in on any level because we believe that increases people's engagement in the community, which then gets people more from that. So please join us if you want to. I mean, again, posting funny memes is pretty much my favorite thing to do in life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a way. I think I got like five way. or six this morning already. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I think I got five or six from you this morning already. <laughs> I know. Well, that was before I went to sleep. Again, I couldn't get to sleep last night. It was so weird. Um, anyway. Lonely. But please join us, guys. You were guys. lonely. What? You were lonely. I, I was so lonely. Nah, Matil was there, so it's cool. <sighs> Emotional support cat. Emotional support cat for show. Future episode fully on Matil. Don't worry, everyone. We will Thanks, definitely Thanks, Matil, for taking care of Melanie. She <laughs> yes. really needed you last night. <laughs> <laughs> She's so hilarious. Anyway, guys, Aww. to end this show, as always, as we say every week, but really mean truly and deeply from our hearts, like thank you so much for being with us, for being in this conversation, for being in the work for yourself. And if you do want to join us, go to trustthejourney.today, scroll down, click the Patreon button, and we'll add you to the Trust the Journey family group on Facebook. Awesome. And I want to say thank you because for me, this is another form of connection. This is another form of relationship where, you know, in the moment where we're having this conversation, there is an increased amount of connection to ourselves. There's an increased connection to who we are and what our needs are and being present and all this piece. So this, even this simple exchange is another positive action towards action rather yeah. than like down that, you know, absolutely. So thank you so much for being here. We love you. Yeah. Yes. We love you. Keep laughing. 
keep loving, keep trusting the journey.